This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ed Robertson, thank you for listening to this special Encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. Our guests will include Emmy Award-winning actor and producer Kevin Spiritus. Hi there, everybody. This is Patrick Duffy, and you're listening to TV Confidential. the highway that's the best get your kicks on route 66 Ed Robertson along with our guest George Mahara star of route 66 Exodus the most deadly game and other stage film and television productions George Maharis passed away this past Wednesday May 24th at the age of 94 the conversation you're listening to originally aired in March 2012. George, we're talking about some of the actors that you've worked with uh, before Route 66, people like Sal Minio, people like um, Vic Morrow. Of course, uh, Route 66, we mentioned, was a great anthology series and that you and Martin worked with many, many uh, different actors every week. Who are some of the favorite, who are some of your favorite guest stars that you worked with on that? Well, you know, most of the people that we knew at that point were not, were not famous, you know, like Tuesday Weld, Suzanne Pochette, you know, Barbara Barry, a, a lot of people like that. And in the male side, there was uh, Robert Redford, and there was uh, Sheen, uh, Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. and there was uh, uh, James Caan, and it just goes on. And uh, we didn't know these people, you know, I mean, they, they were just young actors the way we were later on. They, they made their mark. But at that point, when we, when we were working with them, yeah, even Burt Reynolds was the one with Tuesday Weld, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Love is a Skinny Kid, I think is what the episode was called, and he was in a chorus, Leachman was in that, these were, these were people that were not yet uh, uh, known people, you know, in that sense. And now when you look back at them, and all of a sudden you look at, uh, 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 well, Nehemiah Presser, you probably knew of, and yeah. uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he was in... Um, thing with uh, Psycho, he played the detective that gets killed, I can't, I can't bring his name up right now. Uh, Martin Balsam? Marty Balsam, right, was in the first class Mouillac, which we did in, in Cleveland, and he was not that well known at that point, and it's wonderful to see, to see these people, you know. What, uh, do you have any stories about some of the towns that uh, you shot the show in? Well, there was, there was 
stories. Uh, I, re I remember one story. We were in Dallas. You know, we were shooting, and the show was becoming popular, okay? And we were shooting in Dallas, and uh, we had uh, people holding the crowds back, and there was a female there who caught my eye, and, and she waved me over. And I said, no, I can't do that because I'm working. And the next time she caught my eye, she waved me over again, and, and uh, I, I said, no, I couldn't. So I said to one of the crewmen, tell the woman over there that I can't come over because we're working. Okay, so he goes over there and he says to the woman that he comes back and he says, "She said, yeah, if if you walk over there and say hello to her, she'll pay me five hundred dollars." <laughs> so I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was quick as five hundred bucks I ever made. There you go. <laughs> you could have yeah. you, you could have done a little uh, side business there. There was a lot of crazy. There was also one once I remember we were. was you know I mean uh, just 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 um, you know, fo you know folks to give to give an idea of how popular the show was I mean this is before this is before way before you know 24/7 cable before the internet oh, yeah. you know so um, you, basically you had one shot to watch the show and that was it and so uh, I, I would imagine because you were on location every week, you know, people recognized you, and um, you know, because you know, people, you know, millions of people were, were seeing your work every week. Well, that's true, with the exception of the fact that who recognizes you in Dearest, Louisiana, on an oil rig. <laughs> you know, and we went to some towns uh, like Concord, Kentucky. You know, where where there were sixty people in the town. I mean, they were just enthralled with the television crew and cameras and so forth coming there and we drew a lot of the people the locals to be put in the show mm -hmm. you know but they they didn't know who we were they didn't know who you were but then but but then you would do as you say you would do uh the occasional press tours or meet you know, publicity tours right. but as the show after the first year the show started gaining momentum and we used to go to bigger places like Canab, utah or uh, the dam you know graham no, no, uh, Grant's Pass, you know, then people started uh, recognizing who we were and, and would come around and, uh, you know, ask, ask for autographs and things and so forth. We're talking to George Meharis. George co-starred with Martin Milner on the long-running, groundbreaking television series Route 66. All four seasons of Route 66 will be available as a complete series box set through Shout Factory beginning Tuesday, May 29th. While Route 66, the television series, the excellent companion guide written by a friend, Jim Rosen, is available right now through ClassicTVSeriesBooks.com, www.ClassicTVSeriesBooks.com. And George, you were just telling us about the long hours that you and Martin put in every week when you were making 
Route 66, but uh, I understand that you also that you guys also made time for some fun. Used to be a great kid on the set too. Used to have a lot of things we used to do. And you need to do stuff like that because when you're working long hours and you're shooting 10, 12 pages of a script a day, and you know, and you have to get it done fast, you need to do. You need to do things. To, yeah. I had a brother that worked on the set with me, my older brother Harold. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we used to pass for twins. Okay. Okay. And when we used to go from one town to the other, he he used to go there in advance to scout locations. And he'd walk into a restaurant, and they would spot him and thought it was me. When the bill came, they'd say, that's okay, Mr. Maris, and they'd pick up the bill. When I got to the town, all the freebies were gone. <laughs> and I said to my brother, why did you do that? He said, well, my name is Mr. Maris, and he's right. <laughs> the name. I'm, I'm looking at Jim's book right now, Betty Field. It's a long time ago, you know, my memory still serves me well. It serves you very well, and we're happy to be talking to George Meharris, George Meharris, star of Route 66. This conversation originally aired in March 2012. George Meharris passed away this past Wednesday, May 24th, at the age of 94. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. George, there have been a lot of rumors and innuendo and misinformation over the circumstances why you left Route 66. Would you please clarify that for us right now? Well, it comes down to one word, hepatitis. When I was filming Even Stones Have Eyes in, in Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. uh, it was very cold and it was nighttime. And we had to get three shots. And... Uh, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and for, for Barbara, who was playing the uh, the blind girl opposite me, mm -hmm. they had a wetsuit for her, and they put a uh, uh, kind of a trench coat over her, which she had already established in the in the scenes before that. I was established with a with a sports jacket, and they put the wetsuit on me, couldn't get my trousers or the jacket over me, so I had to go into the water, which was less than 40 degrees, and... And, uh, and pull her out, which I did. And then we had two shots, one of, one of which where I regained my, my eyesight. But while they were setting up the shot, my jacket, 
St. John's Hospital for a month, and then I went back to work too quickly, and after months had a relapse. That was it. And now there was, I understand there was a lawsuit and there was a dispute that had to, that had to play itself out. And that, that's also unfortunate because, you know, again, that's how, that, that's how some of these rumors and, and misinformation over, over. Well, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were very interested. Bert and, and Screen Champs wanted the series to go, but Bert knew. And, uh, you know, he told me in so many words that he knew he could not write a script and have me involved in it for a long period of time uh, and still, uh, in other words, just be on screen for any length of time and it was, he was fighting a losing battle and so was I because the hours I worked, you know, I mean the first show that I did after being out of the hospital and uh, I think I was in the hospital a month and went back to work within a week or two after that and the first show that we did we, we shot with Leslie Nielsen about sharks, I worked uh, 78 hours. And the next show, I was I was in the surf uh, with uh, Jeremy Slate, and I worked 70, 80 hours. And it went on like that. Yeah. Just had to do it. That's the way it always was. You know, we never worked. We never worked less than 15, 16 hours a day. And that was, you know, murder for me. And I just kept getting tighter and tighter. So they were trying to make it look like uh, I wanted money. Money? Are they kidding? <laughs> And all of the doctors that they had, which I found out later on through this uh, friend of of um, Jim's, who, who got all the stuff from the archives of Bert uh, Leonard's after he died at USC or UCLA, I don't remember which one it was, and all the doctors were on his payroll, and they all told him, they all told him that if he continued to do this, it, it, it was dangerous to my health. And finally, when I got to St. Louis, the doctor said, you're having a leave relapse. If you don't go home, you'll probably be dead of hepatitis or cirrhosis of the liver within the next two or three or four years. So I left. When all, when all is said and done... I didn't want to go. I loved the show. I, I had you, a great time. I know. And, and um, you know, um, for, for, for what it's worth, I mean, the, the, the show end, pretty much ended... After I mean, it went on for a year, but it wasn't it wasn't quite the same because, you know, when when you had left, it it just changed the dynamics between. I mean, it, it was it was the dynamics between you and Martin Milner. The fact that I know they got they got uh, Glenn Corbett, and I remember Jim, um, uh, one of the directors, Jim 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 Jim. He did a lot of the shows. Jim Sheldon still alive. He's like ninety one. Um, and he said they called him, Bert called him up and said, show him what George does. <laughs> but I don't know what George does. <laughs> but it was too bad, I, you know, it was handled badly, I gotta say. You know, it was really, really handled badly, because I, I, didn't, I didn't really want to leave the show. I was having a great time. Of course, you know, then I was out for like two or three years recuperating. And yeah. the only thing I could do was record, because that only took like four hours. Any, any, any bitterness or resentment over? No, that? not at all. What I found out after years and years was, you know, that uh, Bert Leonard was not the culprit, and and Sterling Silver was not the culprit. I wasn't the culprit. Screen Gems was not the culprit. Hepatitis was the culprit. And if they had focused in on that, you know, it would have been different. But I don't know why they didn't. Because I had a good relationship with Bert. You know, I liked Bert. You know, years later, he asked me to do another series with him. 
and and it's 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 unfortunate because it's it, you know when, when you look at when you look back at it now it's it's a classic no win situation because oh yeah and it should have gone on for years and uh, Bird had plans to go to Europe I don't know how they're going to find Route sixty six in Europe but there it is yeah. well it was great it was good. and the only the only thing I you know they picked up on was they tried to make it look like Marty and I didn't get along that was never true the only problem that I ever had with Marty was when I was in the hospital for a month, he never called me. And I was I was hurt by that. And I remember writing to a um, fellow who was in the publicity department who showed it to somebody and they thought that I didn't like Marty. That was never true. Well, it sounds like you're in a good space, you know, not only about the show in general, but just you know, in life in general, you're in, you're in a good space and you you do one lots. You're, you're in good health and um, when you get to be an old guy, Ed, you get to be in a good space. <laughs> final final question. Um, you know, for for the few viewers who have not seen any of the episodes, but maybe discovering them for the first time uh, through you know through through the box set that's coming out in May, are there any shows that you that you would single out as your favorites? Well, there was a couple. One, one, um, uh, one was even stones have eyes. Birdcage on my foot, and the other one uh, was uh, the opponent with uh, Darren McGavin, fighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one was um, the surfing show with uh, 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 Ever Ride the Waves in Oklahoma. I mean, those are four shows that I I enjoyed doing. And there was a couple other shows that you know were fun with Patty McCormick. Uh, where, she, where she dresses up like a girl and we're living in, uh, I don't remember off, offhand, uh, remember the name of that show, but she was, she was in the, she was in the original show, which was, uh, Black Panther, I think it was called, uh, that was done in, in, uh, in, uh, Kentucky. And this other one was when she was a little bit older. Well, I don't remember the name of it, but she played a little kooky girl that's trying to punish her parents. Uh, because they don't pay any attention to her, and she dresses up as a boy, and we're living in an old male hotel, so to speak. And it was funny. It was, she was great. She was charming. You know. And of course, there, you know, there was a couple of shows there uh, uh, with Susan Pochette that was that were there were a lot of shows, a lot of shows. But uh, there was a couple that I didn't think were very, very strong because the scripts I didn't think were very good. But I'm not going to mention those. But the first one we did, well, I should say the first one after this pilot was shown with the Janice Rule, which was in Grand Isle, Louisiana, mm-hmm. was very funny because uh, the town uh, was as big as your office, and they had, uh, <laughs> there was no motels, nothing. And we went into the town, and they gave this house to Marty and myself, and Jack Marty and so I got up in the morning, went into the shower, and there was no water. So I went out and I said to the guy who owned the house, I said, I don't know what's wrong with the plumbing, see, I said, because I went to take a shower and there's no water. He said, yeah, that's right. And I said, what do you mean? He said, when it rains, it goes off the roof. I said, if I you get a shower. <laughs> well, well, fortunately, it doesn't sound like you ran into too many places like that while you shot, not only while you shot the show, but in any of the other uh, productions that, you may, that you've done. Oh, yeah, we show you. Yeah, a lot of problems with places where there weren't really sufficient, uh, like Grand Isle, Louisiana, not by uh, 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 the, the place of Dior 
on the oil rig. You know, I mean, it was very difficult uh, for Lou Ayers, you know, and and uh, he's he's chasing Nazis, and we were purist Louisiana, and uh, there's just no no place for you to to uh, to be at. <laughs> and down there, the mosquitoes were big as rats. <laughs> you know, and I remember the the the, the uh, some of the big hits came down to Grand Isle, Louisiana, at the first show there, and Janice Wu was was the star, the guest star, and she's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, very demure, ladylike, sensitive-looking lady. And they were having breakfast at this one place where you could eat, which was a a broken-down uh, coffee shop. And we were in there, and they had our air conditioning going that was broken down and didn't work too well. You know, and the place was full of mosquitoes. You know, and in comes Janice Wu looking like a fresh breath there. You know, and she sits down, smiles at all these executives, and a mosquito lands on her. And she slaps, she slaps her hands and says, now you'll have to delete this. Yes. She says, fucking mosquitoes. <laughs> Yeah, but see, those those are the those are the great those are the great just uh, uh, those those are some of the great memories you got from from. Right. The, I'll tell you one quick one that you're just for you and me, but yeah, Janice and I decided to go into uh, uh, to uh, New Orleans. We were at Grand Isle, Louisiana, so I had my Corvette, and she. And so we're we're flying down the flying down the highway because the road there is like the autobahn, you know. Mm-hmm. And here I am in my Corvette. It's it's it's. It's got six carbs. And this guy comes up next to me, you know, in a, in a hot car, and he boom, 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 and he wants to go. So I start going. I start flying down the road, and, and Janice looks at me after a while, and she says to me, in a very calm, sweet voice, do you mind if I have a cigarette before I die? <laughs> <laughs> so I slowed down. <laughs> That was funny. Well, it was. It, it's it's been a delight uh, chatting with you, George. And well, thank you, Ed. I I hope we'll have a chance to do this again one of these nights on TV Confidential. Well, let me know. You know how to get a hold of me. Actor George Maharis from a conversation that originally aired in March 2012. George Maharis passed away this past Wednesday, May 24th, at the age of 94. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.